The Beyond the Gate program is mainly a listener-supported radio ministry. You can help us bring the message of the gospel to thousands of listeners each week with your prayerful support and financial gifts. Visit our website, btgprogram.com. Thanks for listening. This is the Beyond the Game program, recording in the BTG studio in Rochester, New York, btgprogram.com or at btgprogram. I'm pleased to be able to welcome back to the program Michael Johnstone. He is the European director for a ministry called Global Baseball. Michael, welcome back to the show. So glad we can connect today. Well, thank you. It's a pleasure to be back with you. Before we talk a little bit about your ministry, let's talk about some of the sports going on in your area of the country. You make your home in Southern California. The San Diego Chargers have announced plans to move to L.A. and join the Rams. What's your sense of that among the people that you talk to in that area? Are folks excited about the Chargers move? Well, uh, full disclosure, before I answer this question, uh, I really don't follow American football. But uh, it's certainly hard to not form some sort of opinion of the fact that you really can't get away from the, the conversation about football here in Southern California. And, uh, you know, the NFL's desire to move a team to L.A., uh, it's, it's something that's intrigued me, especially after so many attempts. And Southern California is a hard market uh, for mediocrity. And so, um, you know, we have so many op- options for spending our entertainment dollar uh, that most casual fans have pretty short attention spans. You know, there are a ton of Charger fans here in Orange County, but it's definitely not their base. So there's some excitement, but, you know, given the recent experience with the Rams, who did have a pretty solid base here, uh, at least before they moved originally, you know, winning and winning early is important. Yeah, really, really winning is the key. Southern Californians don't really seem to resonate with that lovable loser narrative. So something like, you know, being able to suffer... Uh, like Cubs fans, for example, that that doesn't happen with our Southern California guys. So the excitement around the Chargers move, um, I'm not sure if that's the right descriptor. Uh, I think I think really people don't really care that much other than those uh, those Charger fans who feel slighted. And that's um, the sense that we got just reading it in the in the news back here in the East. Now, growing up north of New York City. I, I'm familiar with the New York teams, and there's always that little brother, you know, the Mets are the little brother to the Yankees. And we speculated on last week's show that the Chargers may suffer a bit from little brother syndrome, share in the city with the Rams. Do you think that's accurate, or, or might L.A. actually become a Chargers town? Well, I think I think that whole conversation you guys had last week kind of assumed that Rams had some sort of claim to the big brother title. Um I think the real issue is that the local NFL presence has been absent for so long uh, that L.A. has become kind of a generic NFL city. Mm. Uh, so fans have adopted new teams for whatever reason, whether it's where their family's from, because they've been winning or whatever. So I think I think it's going to be hard for the NFL fans to justify dropping their own allegiances to whatever team you know, they've been supporting for so long. I think really the the big brother is – every other team in, in the NFL that the local fans have adopted. Yeah, that, that makes sense. Now, maybe switching gears a little bit, talking about something you are a little more passionate about. I know you get to a number of Anaheim Ducks games. We're big hockey fans here on Beyond the Game, and the Ducks look legit to us. How about to you as a fan? How confident are you in them being able to make a deep Stanley Cup run? 
Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely benefiting from my dad deciding to get season tickets this year. Uh, it's, it's great to be able to get out to so many games. You know, I think the Ducks for a number of years have had all the makings of, of a Stanley Cup contender. I think they've, they've shown their ability to, uh, to go deep, uh, having a really great record. And I think they've been really underrated because of their slow start last year specifically, but then also, um, the fact that most hockey fans are probably in bed by the time they play. So they kind of end up becoming a surprise team every year. Um, but they're really not that big of a surprise. I know this year they've been, they've been pretty solid, uh, just kind of unlucky in, in overtime games. Yeah. Uh, their overtime record is, is horrendous, but there haven't really been any blowouts, um, in terms of, I think they've only really had two, maybe three games where they, where they've been completely wiped out. And I think most of those were at the end of back to back nights. Um, you know, the Ducks have had some really good leadership, um, at the, at the GM level uh, in the last couple of years. And there have been some great decisions that almost always make the team better. So I think, I think that's the thing with the Ducks is that you really can't count them out and they should be able to make a deep run. One last question on some of the teams out there in your area. This one to your love of baseball, the angels are rumored to be interested in free agent, Matt Wieters. Which direction do you think this team is headed? And what I mean is, do you think they're a free agent piece like Weeders away from returning to competitive relevancy? Or would you prefer to see them pursue a hall of prospects like the White Sox have done this offseason? Yeah, um, the Weeders thing is kind of a surprise to me. The Angels have had a string of solid catching prospects. And, that's, and so, that's what I thought, I mean, too. Yeah, I mean, obviously the Weeders pickup would be great on paper for offense. Um, defensively, they got some really good good guys in the depth chart, but... Um, I mean, the, the, the problem, as I as a fan see it, uh, is that uh, the farm system is just absolutely depleted. We've given up a lot in recent years for big names, and there hasn't really been as much return on those big names. Uh, so I'm not convinced that a that the Angels are necessarily a free agent away. I, I don't know what that means. I think they become enamored with, with a guy's past and a guy's history, and they totally overpay for him. So despite all that, I think the Angels do have all the pieces to be a great team. I mean, they, they have the best outfield in baseball. They have a really solid defensive infield, especially up the middle. Um, they just really are in need of the consistent pitching and they've really been hurt by, by some injuries lately. And, um, but really I think the need for change is probably at the top with OSHA. He's a great manager, but there just seems to be something missing. I mean, there's, there's, I don't know. It, it just seems like, you know, they've brought in new players left and right, and it hasn't changed. And sometimes you just need to shake up at the top. Yeah. We're talking with Michael Johnstone of Global Baseball and Missionary to Kosovo. You can follow him on Twitter at GBaseballEurope. You were at the American Baseball Coaches Conference a couple of weeks ago, and I see you spent some time with a number of friends of mine from Score International. Was being part of that conference and networking with guys like John Zeller and others to was that a benefit to your baseball ministry in Kosovo? And most definitely, uh, the leadership of ABCA does a phenomenal job in setting up the uh, the yearly conference. I mean, it really it's, it's baseball heaven. So if you're involved in any level of baseball, it's a place to be. I mean, the the level of instruction is is about as high as you're going to get. I mean, you have you know coaches from D1 schools, the national championship coach always. Uh, kicks off the, the the conference so you know you see coaches get to analyze their own approach and you know the, the sense that there's this uh this really cooperative atmosphere amongst guys who are essentially ways to find or they're looking ways looking for ways to uh to beat each other and um, but they're doing it together so 
yeah, the, uh, the time networking and reconnecting with old friends and making new friends is, is definitely a huge encouraging for the ministry, especially with all the changes we've had in the, the past year and the, the many successes. Um, you know, I think the challenge that I face right now with the ministry in Kosovo is, is the amount of opportunities and projects versus the amount of workers and partners. Mm-hmm. Um, so getting more people involved really starts with the awareness that this ministry exists and that, uh, that convention is definitely, definitely the place to, to network with folks. Not only are you the European director for global baseball, but you also serve Kosovo Baseball Initiative as its director as well. Can you take a few moments and give our listeners an update from the last time you've been on the show? You mentioned some changes in the last year. Uh, what have you been up to? Well, uh, since we last spoke, um, you know, I, I think originally we we went over with this vision of a you know a more long term plan where we'd be there in Kosovo. Uh, helping to establish a couple of clubs. I think uh, initially we had a, a goal for, for two clubs in, in our focus cities, and then hopefully within four to five years, we'd be able to establish a federation and get some international competition. But but really, we uh, we saw God's provision in a lot of ways, um, specifically that in the last year, uh, there are now six independent clubs that have been formed in the, in the country. And uh, on the 4th of July, we signed paperwork to establish the Kosovo Baseball and Softball Federation, which is the youngest and newest federation in the world. Um, we had a, uh, a university coach training program in 2016, and, and we've just uh, started to really develop a lot of, a lot of really um, great strategic relationships to, to find ways to get involved uh, in Kosovo. More teams means more opportunities for you. And your ministry teaches and promotes baseball in the country of Kosovo. It's a means to building relationships and sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's really what it's all about. But for those who may not be familiar, how do you go about doing that on a baseball field? You teach baseball, but how does that lead to an opportunity to share Christ? Well, I think uh, really it, it, it follows the pattern that we see uh, effective ministries use in a lot of ways, and it's really about relationships and positive influence. You know, I, I think it starts with with a love for for the folks that we're working with, and uh, a focus on my own purpose, and and you know, meaning that you know, there's a focus on on me abiding in, in God's word and uh, pointing to people to Jesus whenever whenever I can, and just helping them grow in their relationship if there is one. Yeah, I think uh, specifically we try to share the gospel when appropriate uh, during outreach and training events. And in a majority Muslim country, it's, it's a little bit more difficult in terms of uh, res- respecting the relationships that we have to just kind of do, uh, you know, big, massive you know, altar calls and things like this, uh, simply because we probably wouldn't be allowed to do much uh, very long if we if we did it that way. Sure. Um, you know, our ability to, to really point people to Jesus and share the gospel message comes out of the, the relationships. More often than not, we're pulled aside during our training sessions by by folks who who obviously the spirit's working in, you know, and guys who are guys and gals who who are curious as to why we're over there, um, curious as to why uh, the way we coach is a little bit different than the way um, their coaches coach them, and we try to just allow our our love um, that comes from Christ to be to just flow through us, and then and then finally. Um, our hope is that we see more disciples made and more churches planted in Kosovo. And so if we can work to help develop leaders within the country, um, within the baseball uh, community that will one day be able to make disciples themselves in a more contextually impactful way, then I think, you know, we're going to see, um, see more opportunities for the Lord to work. You've shared this once before on our program, but 
you know, it's always exciting to hear about how someone first came to the Lord. Would you share with us, with us how you first became a believer in Jesus Christ and dedicated your life to Him? Yeah, yeah. I, I grew up in the church. Um, my dad was a was a pastor and a missionary uh, in Venezuela. I was born on the mission field, as I was always around uh, the church and and always around the gospel and always around uh, outreach. And uh, you know, I think he, when you're around it so much, I think you you kind of take it for granted. You take you take faith and and what what the gospel is for granted. But really, my my testimony is one, uh, and I think this is what I've mentioned before, but one of generational impact. Really, the I think the reason that I'm a believer, you know, obviously aside from from the Lord's uh, direction and 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 grace, is that my grandparents uh, were really strong believers. Uh, even even my great grandparents were were dedicated to to the gospel and to the study of the word. And I think that generational impact is something that that we we lose sight of. Um, we get so focused on the the situational and experiential uh, role of the gospel in our faith that, that we forget that, you know, there's a reason why scripture takes the time to, to go through the genealogies and, and to, to talk about how the importance of people's decisions and how that works generationally. So, you know, I, I, I think I accepted my faith as my own in high school. About senior year, uh, I started to really see the, the impact that, uh, that the, that the faith of generations has had on my life and, and how, uh, God had set me aside for, for some sort of ministry uh, to him, obviously that is developing and, and is uh, being revealed as I get older. But, you know, there wasn't any uh, sort of big experience other than realizing that God had been working uh, on my behalf, even uh, generations before I was born. No, you make a great point. You know, the Bible does point out the genealogies. There's a reason for it. And that generational Im- impact that fathers have on sons, mothers have on daughters, parents have on their children. Uh, is just so powerful. Now you are a mission, uh, a missionary. Missionaries need support. Your ministry focus is overseas, and it takes funds to be able to get there to share the gospel of Jesus Christ there. And of course, our listeners can pray for you. But what what, what do they need to do in order to support you financially? Is there a website they can go to? How do they How do they do that? Yeah, well, we definitely are in need of, of financial support. Obviously, the um, the funds that it takes to to be in full time ministry is significant it's something that's uh that i've really had to come to have had to come to terms with lately especially the the biblical mandate of, of being able to see myself uh in the levitical tradition of, of needing to to look towards god's people as uh, uh the avenue to which god's going to provide one very specific way that that people can give is you know we're looking for for partners ministry partners to to come alongside us in, in amounts of anywhere from Fifty to seventy-five to you know one hundred fifty dollars a month uh, that would really help make it possible for for these partnerships to go over to Kosovo and uh, spread the gospel with this majority Muslim country and um, they can they can do that. Uh, there's a giving page at uh, our organization's website is globalbaseball.org and there's a uh, a giving page off to the right on the top column where they can identify my page uh, by pulling down my name from the uh, from the little menu. And then uh, they can find my name, Michael Johnstone, uh, as the, the intended recipient of any gift. Um, we definitely do appreciate uh, larger gifts, you know, especially as we're looking towards launching uh, kind of an ambitious slate of projects this year, where where we're looking at getting these uh, these six clubs supported by different groups. So it's it's really important to be able to get over there 
you know, pay, be able to pay a salary to one of our local workers who's doing, doing really the majority of the work uh, on the ground in terms of, of getting the, the club set up and things like that. So, um, you know, we're looking to, to raise about twenty-five to $30,000. That'll be the total operating budget in terms of getting our trips over there, and, uh, getting equipment to the kids that are playing and getting training modules over to the various clubs that are, that are working to tr- train up coaches and develop leadership. You, you mentioned some areas of prayer. What, what are, what about specific for you and your family? Is there anything we can pray for you about? Well, I think, uh, a prayer of Thanksgiving. Uh, is something that you guys could pray with me and all your listeners could join me in, in praising God for. I think uh, one thing I kind of glossed over and didn't really mention was was the challenges we faced as a family in Kosovo. You know, living in a cross-cultural situation is that, you know, you're often without your support, you know, structure that you're used to. And, and we really, we really underestimated the effect that that was going to have on our family. And um, we started to see some health issues come, come forward with our kids and, and things that were, were really a challenge. And, 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 you know, quite honestly, our marriage uh, was was really facing some strain. You know, it was just there was just so many things that were that were going on that that the Lord stepped in, um, provided us some wisdom in terms of of uh, support from our church and and wisdom that uh, we needed to come back, and uh, that the ministry had grown. So despite all those challenges that we were facing. God continued to work and God continued to do some mighty things beyond our expectations um, and really freed us up to to leave the country um, so that we could come back to the United States and, and start to develop, a, you know, a better network of people that are working over in Kosovo. So I just want to praise God because of, of how he very lovingly provided um, grace for us as his workers and, and opportunities for us to grow closer to him. And now that we're in Southern California, we're closer to family and you know, our kids are thriving where they were, uh, where they were starting to um, develop some, some real challenges, uh, both health wise and, and socially and, and um, kind of emotionally. So, yeah, so I guess that's the, you know, aside from, you know, the prayers for ministry opportunities and, and for, for ministry provision, uh, really just want to give praise to, to our God for, for what he does and how he loves and provides for us. Michael, thanks so much for joining us, and thank you for your ministry there in Kosovo, sharing the gospel. Using baseball to share the gospel with what you've said a number of times in this interview is a mostly Muslim country. Well, thanks. I appreciate the opportunity to share. And, um, you know, obviously we're always looking for people to give financially, but we're also looking for people who are willing to to join join us on the ground, um, who, are, who are interested in hearing God's call. And, and if God is calling people to, to go, then we'd love to to be able to go along with them and, and uh, provide opportunities to, to build those relationships in Kosovo. That's Michael Johnstone joining us here on the Beyond the Game program. He is the European director for a ministry called Global Baseball. He's also a missionary to Kosovo. You can follow him on Twitter at GBaseballEurope. That's at GBaseballEurope. You can also visit them online, globalbaseball.org. We're going to take a short break. You're listening to Benson and Barletta on the Beyond the Game program. <laughs> 